What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, and today we have Fact or Fiction. Uh, this is a new show where we'll talk about the trendy topics within health and fitness, and we'll dive deep into them, and we'll see whether or not they are actually useful, or if they're maybe not as useful as we're being told that they are. Sometimes articles can exaggerate the benefits of a thing, a supplement, or a program, or a drug for that matter, and that leads us as a society to really buy into it and eventually be let down by it. Sometimes, on the other hand, they under-exaggerate the importance of it, and so we don't pay as much attention to it. Sometimes, eh, we actually figure it out, and it's like, hey, this is actually something useful, and that's what they're saying it is, and it actually turns out to be that way. So what we want to do is dive into those kinds of topics so that we cannot be fooled by what we're being told, because the truth of the matter is probably 80% of the articles and the jam, jimmer jammer that we hear about anything that has to do with health and fitness is exaggerated. It's, I don't want to say it's not true because that's maybe a strong way to put it. A lot of it's not true, um, but a lot of it is just very exaggerated as far as how either helpful or unhelpful it is. Um, so to start, I figured we'd start with a very hot topic right now, um, and that is semaglutide. Uh, for those of you who don't know what semaglutide is, you will know exactly what it is as soon as I say the name of the actual uh, medications. Semaglutide is the drug, also known as Wagovi or Ozempic. So if you've heard of either of those, the actual drug name is semaglutide. So to dive into this conversation and whether or not semaglutide is a miracle drug is the miracle that you've been waiting for, which is what it's being presented as. Um, I want to start by talking about Ozempic butt, <laughs> which when I started to research this, the, one of the first articles that popped up was this from healthline.com. Ozempic butt, what to know about the side effect you may experience while taking weight loss drugs. Um, so apparently, Ozempic butt is a thing that's out there, um, which makes perfect sense. Essentially, what's happening is that, that these people are losing weight very fast, and whenever you lose weight very fast, you have saggy skin. Like, that's what's going to happen. Um, there's also been references to Ozempic face and Ozempic arms, I guess. Anyway, like, all the areas where where fat can accumulate and then whenever you lose weight rapidly like those areas are going to be saggy because the skin doesn't it's not as elastic either it's been stretched out too much or you're losing weight too fast and so it's not keeping up with the weight loss so that may be a pre I don't know nomer to think that hey this is something that I should actually do because if they're losing weight that fast it's got to be a plus so ozempic butt is apparently a real thing. And uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense. If you gain weight too fast, you get stretch marks. If you have any stretch marks, you know that. You can gain weight, you can gain fat too fast, you can gain muscle too fast. Um, teenagers tend to have stretch marks because all of a sudden they'll grow and they'll expand and they'll get a bunch of stretch marks because they're just, they're, their skin's not keeping up. 
And then again, in the reverse, it's true also. So when you shrink down too fast and your skin doesn't stay up with the shrinkage, then you get sagginess. Like that's just what happens. So um, I thought that that was uh, an interesting article to first pop up whenever I started diving into this. Um, nonetheless, what is semaglutide? So semaglutide is a GLP-1 agonist. GLP-1 stands for glucagon-like peptide 1. Glucagon-like peptide 1. So GLP-1 is an incretin hormone, I-N-C-R-E-T-I-N, incretin hormone. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. Incretin hormone that helps decrease... um, Incretin hormones are a a group of hormones that help decrease blood glucose levels, and GLP-1 is one of those. Uh, It also helps suppress appetite. It helps with insulin release. It helps slow digestion of food, all of which are very good whenever you're talking about wanting to lose weight. If you, of course, most of us who have been on diets, we know that we need to on average, eat less, which is partly true. Um, So suppressing appetite would seem to be a good thing. Uh, Insulin release. This is something GLP-1 or semaglutide, excuse me, uh, was originally developed for type uh, type 2 diabetics who are in that condition because their pancreas can't keep up with glucose levels. When you have high glucose, and the, the pancreas is trying to re- release insulin and it's not able to shuttle the glucose out. That's called insulin resistance. In other words, the liver and the muscles are not, they are resistant to the insulin and they're not, you're not allowing the glucose to be shuttled out of the bloodstream and stored into either, uh, excuse me, liver, the liver or the muscles. That is insulin resistance. When that goes overboard, it becomes type 2 diabetes. So, semaglutide helps with insulin release and helps with that shuttling of the blood glucose. It also helps slow the digestion of food. Anytime you can slow down the the digestion of food, you are, quote, burning more calories, and that is also a good thing. So, it would seem on the surface that semaglutide is a quote, miracle drug. And if you reference the uh, clinical trials that have been done on semaglutide, thanks to the makers of Wagovi, uh, Novo Nordisk, which is where most of these clinical trials come from, um, it would also show, it'll also show you that it is a miracle. So there are seven clinical trials that have been released by Novo Nordisk, who's the maker of Wagovi. They are called the semaglutide treatment effect in people trials or STEP trials. STEP is the acronym for semaglutide treatment effect in people. So there are seven different STEP trials that I found. There's steps one, two, three, four, five, six, and eight. For some reason, I can't find a step seven. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough or in the right places, or maybe they didn't like that one because of the outcome. I can't say for sure on any of those fronts. But nonetheless, that's what I found. So for each one of the trials, they were basically 
researching a different aspect of the drug on different, I'm sorry, not different aspect of the drug, but drug on, in different ways. So for instance, uh, let me go into this one. Step one was the largest. It's basically just people on semaglutide 2.4 milligrams for 68 weeks. Step two was type two diabetics specifically, again, 2.4 milligrams for 68 weeks. Step three is once weekly with intensive, I'll get to that part in a second. Um, step four, step five, step six, uh, step five was a little longer. It was 104 weeks instead of 68 weeks. Step six is for the Asian population. Uh, and step eight was a comparison against another fat loss drug called, uh, where is it? Liraglutide. So anyway, for each one of these clinical trials, they're comparing or they're using semaglutide in a different context, if you will, or comparing it to another uh, weight loss drug. So most of these clinical trials were 68 weeks long, as I was saying. And on average, the subjects did lose between 15 and 17% of their body weight in step what is it? Step five, they, that one was 104 weeks long and they lost 15% of their body weight still. Um, also for almost, I don't 80 or 90% of the subjects, they had metabolic improvements. Their type two diabetes improved. Some of it, some of their type two diabetes completely resolved. Uh, hypertension improved, cholesterol improved, heart disease, blah, 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 all these, all these things. So um, again, on the surface, this is a very helpful, very useful drug. Because of the mechanism behind it, that makes perfect sense. So with any drug, there's, there is a catch. With any drug, there is, there's always a catch, Right. With most drugs, it's the side effects. Now, with semaglutide, there are a number of not fun side effects. Seems to happen in about 10% of people. It's extreme nausea. I don't know, there were some other ones that I didn't write down, but you know, there were some pretty extreme, not comfortable side effects. Some people had to stop because they just couldn't stand it. So that's very real. Of course, all medications have side effects. Um, so what are the other catches? Well, for every single one of these clinical trials, steps, step one, two, three, four, five, six, and eight, for every single one, the participants in the trial received behavioral coaching. In other words, they were, they were being told what to eat, they were being told what, how to exercise, and they were being told that on a regular basis. So here's a quote um, from the actual study for, I think this is step one, the first study. Uh, participants received individual counseling sessions every four weeks to help them adhere to a reduced calorie diet, 500 calorie deficit diet, and increased physical activity of 150 minutes of activity per week. Um, that's walking or lifting weights, both diet and activity were recorded daily in a diary or by use of a smartphone application or other tools, um, and were, were, were reviewed during counseling sessions. 
Uh, so for another one of the studies, I think this is step two, maybe. Uh, this is a quote straight from the study. For the first eight weeks of, after randomization, participants received a low-calorie diet, 1,000 to 1,200 calories, provided as meal replacements, liquid shakes, meal bars, portion-controlled meals, etc. cetera. Uh, participants subsequently transitioned to a hypocaloric diet, 1,200 to 1,800 calories, of conventional food for the remainder of the 68 weeks with prescribed calorie intake based on randomization body weight. Uh, they were also told to do 100, uh, 100 minutes of physical activity per week, which increased by 25 minutes every four weeks to reach 200 minutes of physical activity, blah, 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 blah. So catch number one is it was not just, it was not just the semaglutide that these people were doing. They didn't just start ingesting or start injecting semaglutide and lost 15 to 70% of their body weight, they were getting coaching. They were getting intensive, quote, intensive behavioral change coaching. They were, in some of the studies, they were meeting with a coach every week. In some of them, it was every once a month, but they were all tracking their progress. They were all writing things down in diaries. They were all making nutritional changes, making behavioral changes. Uh, in every single one of these studies, they were also doing that. So it wasn't just the drug. They were also making these lifestyle changes. They were also doing that. Okay. So that's catch number one. That's catch number one. So it, it's important to realize that in, in somehow, some way I couldn't find, and I didn't admittedly like spend hours looking for this. So I maybe could have found it eventually, but I couldn't find any studies on if people just took semaglutide, then what would happen? What I did find were some anecdotes of people, just individuals who had taken just semaglutide to see what they, um, what they had happen. And for most of them, uh, they didn't have much happen. They didn't lose much weight. They didn't really have a whole lot of change. They had some nausea and some indigestion, um, but they didn't do much. So if they didn't make any lifestyle changes, these were anecdotes to be sure. So take it as you will. I think anecdotes can be powerful, but also at the same time, if it's N of one, it's N of one. Um, those people who just did the injection, made no nutritional changes, made no physical activity changes, they didn't see much change. They saw some, I think three to 5% on average of body weight change over the course of maybe six months or so, but not, not 15 to 17% of body weight. So that's important to realize. Um, catch number two, which is also a very important catch. Um, and I quote, and I quote, this is not from either of these step studies. This is from a study that we're going to talk about here in a second that talks about withdrawal from semaglutide. Uh, this is one of the researchers from that study, and I quote, semaglutide is a long-term therapy because you're going to lose the benefits once you stop the medication. So in another study, uh, let me see if I can find it. Is this the one? Yep. Uh, this is actually, so the name of the study, weight regain and cardiometabolic effects after withdrawal of, of semaglutide the step one trial extension, extension. So I guess it is from the step one trial 
extension maybe just means that after the 68 weeks, they track these people for an extended amount of time. At any rate, uh, basically what they did was after these people came off of semaglutide and stopped their basic lifestyle interventions, if you will, they tracked them for 52 weeks and wanted to see what happened. Well, after that 52 weeks, they had added, so they, these people lost, remember, 15 to 70% of their body weight over the course of 68 weeks. 52 weeks later, once they had stopped these interventions, they had added 12% of that back. So now they're at a weight loss of 3 to 5% of their body weight overall. After all of that, after two and a half years of being on and then coming off of semaglutide. So they had lost a ton of weight. They had done a bunch, but as soon as they came off of it, as soon as they stopped their weight loss interventions, they stopped their behavioral changes and all of that, they gained back 12% of that body weight. So they went from 15 to 70% loss to an added 12%. So they were still down 3 to 5%, but that's over the course of two and a half years. So understand that semaglutide is not something you're going to start and then just stop and then everything's going to be hunky-dory and be okay, especially like if you're making lifestyle changes with it. Clearly, you're going to have good quality results. If you stop semaglutide and then also stop the lifestyle changes, your results will reverse. This same exact extension, this study found that all of those metabolic improvements that people had, they were all pretty much wiped away once they stopped semaglutide, stopped their behavioral changes. Uh, type 2 diabetes came back for a lot of them. Hypertension came back. Cholesterol, high cholesterol levels, all of that um, mostly came back to baseline levels. So this is a long-term strategy. This is something that you literally will, if you start it and you start to go down this rabbit hole and you're not making sustainable lifestyle changes with the idea of coming off of semaglutide at some point in the future, then this is a long-term, like, these companies are setting this up for a long-term strategy. They're setting this up so that you're on it for forever, not, not, not for a year, not for six months, not for two years, not for five years, but forever, which is good for them because on average, if you pay out of pocket, it's 900 bucks a month if you pay out of pocket. Um, if your insurance covers it, sometimes you don't have to pay anything. Sometimes you still have to pay up to two or $300 a month. So it just depends. So, um, you know, Take that as you will, but they are happy to keep you on it because they, they stand to make tons and tons and tons of money as they already are. Tons and tons, actually. So the question, fact or fiction, is semaglutide the miracle you've been waiting for? The answer is no. It is not the miracle you've been waiting for. It is the miracle that Big Pharma has been waiting for because now they have yet another thing that they can sell you and give you and keep you on. Keep you on is what they're striving to do here. A miracle, in my, like, and this is just my personal definition, so you can call it as it is. It is 100% just me, and that I'm, I, I'm a biased person, so you know it is what it is. A miracle is a drug or something that takes weight off of you, improves your metabolic health, improves your physical health, 
keeps it off of you and keeps your metabolic health healthy. <laughs> so what does that? Well, let's look and see. Um, exercise, nutritional change, improved sleep, getting outside in nature, uh, regular movement. Like these things do that. They, these, these companies obviously know that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have supported the semaglutide study with behavioral change. Like they knew that these people had to also make behavioral changes. Otherwise, I mean, if they were that confident in the drug, I would think that they would just, they would have a bunch of studies with just the drug. Hey, you can keep eating Taco Bell. Here you go. Just take this drug and you'll be fine. Maybe that's the case, but there's no, there's nothing there to support that. All of these studies, all these clinical trials that they have done on their own are done with intensive behavioral coaching. So take that as you will. If it's something that you're thinking about doing, make the necessary changes. Understand that this is only, it's going to get you to where you want to go faster. This is just feeding our instant gratification life. Like that's all this is feeding because you can do it. But like I, the irony is like you have to still make the changes. Like, but if you go ahead and make the changes, it's going to take a little longer but you probably won't get Ozempic, Ozempic butt. Like, that's number one. <laughs> because you'll be losing weight at a rate at which your body could potentially keep up and your skin elasticity will improve. Because what improves skin elasticity? Exercise, being in the sun, good nutrition, good quality sleep. Like, that. those are the things that improve skin elasticity. So if you're going to do it, have a plan. Have a plan. Put it in place. Do it. It, it. Like if you can't wait to lose the weight, fine. Do it. But make sure you're making the strategic changes that you need to make so that you can come off. Because otherwise, you will be on it for the rest of your life. And if that's okay with you, then that's fine. Like no judgment. Totally fine. But understand that that's going to be the case and you're going to be paying for it. What the long-term effects of this are, we don't like, don't know. Can't be sure. Don't know until we get there. So... Um, that is the first episode of Fact or Fiction. I think that this is a very important topic, which is why I wanted to go ahead and cover it. Like I said, full disclosure, like I'm a biased person. Anytime that you can, uh, like I believe we have an obligation to our health and ourselves and society to show what's possible and to become our best. And I believe that in doing something like this, you, you can definitely get there. It's just going to get you there faster, which is fine. Like if you, but if you, like if you can't be patient enough to put in the work, to do what's necessary to get yourself, like you got yourself to where you are. If you can't do the work necessary to get you back, like that's on you. If you need something like this, then your mindset is what needs to be challenged, not your body. Like your body needs to be challenged too, but like, if you feel like this is what you need, like change your mindset because you can do it. You can improve. You can get back to where you want. You can become the best version of yourself. I don't care if you're 15, 50, or 75. It does not matter. You can do it, but you have to be patient and you have to put in the effort and it's going to take time and it's going to be freaking hard. 
but you, <laughs> but you got to start doing it. Okay. Um, make sure you share with your friends so they can get that intense ending as well. Um, and until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.